0: What's up, everyone? You're listening to The Raz Project. I'm your host, Ivan Temelkov, and this is where we get 100% real, raw, and unfiltered. If you're looking for your typical, conventional podcast, you're in the wrong fucking place. And we are off to episode 17 of the podcast. If you've been listening to the last episode, you should probably know by now that the format the frequency i should say not the format the frequency of the podcast has changed to twice a week so now the podcast airs every monday and every friday so you're getting a double dose of the Raz project every week and one of the main reasons why i decided to do this is because of the increased demand and i truly hope that you guys will find value in the information that i'm sharing with you because after all this is why i fucking do this podcast i do it because i genuinely want to help you the listener to help you with life family entrepreneurship marketing by sharing my own personal experiences, successes, and failures, and also bringing guests, reputable guests, that have accomplished some serious fucking shit on this podcast. And this episode is no exception. Who I have today on this podcast is just absolutely mind-fucking-blowing. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're a father... If you're a husband, if you have kids, if you've built businesses or or wondering about building a business, this guy right here is the bomb fucking Dizzle. He has built six businesses, exited three, married for 35 years, 13 children, and he's actually working on his seventh business. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and turn things over to Miguel and let you guys hear the awesome interview that we had. And by the way, before I forget, this was such a great conversation that we decided to do a part two. So a part two is upcoming, and I want you to make sure and tune in because it's going to be... A doozy for sure. So without further ado, here we go. Guest interview with Miguel Garcia, a.k.a. also known as Artes the Godfather.
1: Thank you, Miguel, for so much for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate your time. Uh, let's start off with, tell us a little bit about you and who you are and um, what are you doing right now?
2: It's, long, it's going to be a long answer, but
1: <laughs> I've been around
2: <laughs> forever now. Um, so I've been an entrepreneur for 20 years and I built six businesses. I exited three. I mean, I got into uh, retail, uh, gun sales, uh, ammo manufacturing and now i'm i'm starting a natural products company natural choice company that's the name and um it's it's uh, it's exciting i mean I'm, I'm getting back to uh you know I, i'm a builder so I'm, i want to build a new company and this time around i'm not going to have any partners so i'm just doing it with my family and that's mm-hmm. pretty exciting um i have i've been married for 35 years um, we had 15 children we got 13 alive now um and man being pretty busy uh, raising my children and taking care of the wife and all that stuff for the family
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah very cool very cool well, i appreciate that short intro i know you're a very busy guy you're very blessed you have an amazing family um you know one thing that i want to know so as an entrepreneur you've been an entrepreneur for a long time i mean you've been an entrepreneur way before, and entrepreneurship was really high. I feel like these days, you know, everybody's an entrepreneur, from the seventeen-year-old kid to, you know, someone at your age who's, you know, like trying to get back into it. But what really got you, you know, into this, like with your first business, like what enticed you? Did you just wake up one morning and you were like, okay, cool, you know, I'm going to go do this, build a business, and you know, can you kind of talk a little bit about maybe your first business venture and uh, what got you going into that?
2: Yeah. So um, I didn't want to forget this, but I, I'm in the second year of the art to syndicate. <laughs> um, That's awesome. Um, they call me the godfather. So you got to be careful out there. Um, <laughs> what, what got me started? It's, it's my family. You know, my, my wife wanted to stay home. And can you imagine trying to raise a family of, you know, fifteen? people in a household. So a normal salary wouldn't do for me. So Mm -hmm. I had to, you know, start looking for things to do, um, especially things that would generate, you know, a nice income. And so, um, you know, a regular job and most of the jobs, I was a programmer uh, when I lived back in Chicago. I was a program Mm -hmm. analyst and this is back in 92, 93, I was making 40 Thousand dollars, and at that time I had four kids. When I left, and so um, mm-hmm. quickly I realized that you know the more we having children, that that I had to do something about um, increasing my income. And oddly enough, you know God's been always generous, and He's um, guided me through. Every time my wife was expecting a child, I knew something big right. was going to happen, and so a new opportunity or a pay raise or whatever. Um, then in 2008, um, she called me and she said, we're going to have twins. And I'm like, twins. (laughs) That was number number 13
1: and 14. Wow. Okay. They
2: were twins. (laughs) And then we found out they had down syndrome. But anyway, uh, I'm going, okay, God, what are you going to give me? So at that time, my business exploded. I had a retail business. And at that time I had two retail stores. Mm-hmm. Well, from two thousand eight to two thousand seventeen, I'd opened like twenty seven stores, and we went from, you know, a um, million dollars in, in revenue to seventeen million dollars in revenue. So, oh wow, exciting!
0: Yeah, okay,
1: yeah, very cool. Well, I I just wanted to talk a little bit about that because I think one of the biggest misconceptions nowadays in entrepreneurship is reasons for getting into it. You know, I think a lot of people are on a wild goose chase for money. And they're not necessarily getting into entrepreneurship for the right reasons. And I, I feel like based on the story that you shared that you know this has been in your DNA, right? That um, something that you wanted to do, something that you wanted more out of life. And I think there's only a few people out there, right? Us entrepreneurs are uh, a unique breed, right? We think differently, act differently. We're risk takers. Sometimes it feels like we're, you know, on the wild goose chase run, right? And a lot of, them, I guess, call it normal people, uh, average people, don't understand the ins and outs of that, right? So uh, I appreciate you sharing that. So, like, from there, you know, did you just develop kind of momentum behind first business, second business, and just kind of wanted to do more, wanted to impact the world, you know, uh, introduce new things? Is that, was that kind of your drive behind it?
2: Um, not really, though. <laughs> it, so I figured out that I was really good at solving problems and mm-hmm. then I developed a, a passion to, to fix problems. I was like, uh, the company that, that I was working for before I went on my own, um, uh, they kept going, Hey, you know, we have a problem in this area. Let's, let's put Miguel in there. And I would get in, in that area and solve the problem. And then I realized, okay, well, I, you know, I have a skill. So I'm a problem-solving guy. And so that's I feel like that's what entrepreneurship is. Um, mm-hmm. You're solving problems all the time. And the bigger right. the problems, the bigger the opportunities and things like that. So right now with my new, new company, Natural Choice mm-hmm. Company, I see a problem with uh, uh, people having, um, you know, they eat right, they work out, but they, sure. put, they put shit on their skin. They put crap on their skin, all the chemicals and things like that. So I saw that yeah. as a problem. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to fix that. And so that's basically how I approach things. You know, I see a problem, I go fix it. Uh, for instance, um, when I was running the uh, retail stores and, and, and then we had another division with gun stores, uh, in 2014, I think ammo dried up. Everybody was hoarding ammo. Sure. And so I couldn't run gun stores if I didn't have ammo. So I said, okay, well, let's manufacture our own ammo. And, you know, my two partners at that time, kept saying, dude, what are you doing? You don't know anything about manufacturing, you know, and, and especially ammunition because it's such a, um, a, a regulated industry. And I'm like, mm-hmm. we'll figure it out. And that's just been always my, my attitude. I'll figure it out. You know, I'll figure it out. And so That's amazing.
1: That's yeah. amazing. You know, uh, a couple of things I want to share. First of all, uh, fellow Arte brother, I've just recently joined Arte. And um, this is a community that I think uh, I've been searching for and finally have found it feels like I've just discovered a whole new family and uh, Wanted to also congratulate you. You know, one of the things that really stood out at this past event for me was um, The fact that you know, you were honored and acknowledged for being a lifelong student and very well deserved very well deserved In fact, I have huge respect for people like you who are constantly learning in life in fact, uh, my father is about your age and uh you know what? He's also a business owner, and sometimes we have conversations where I try to make him understand that you know we we live and learn every day, whether it's in business or in life or in relationships or anything. So having that optimistic outlook is really key to anything that you do, really. And I think that's in part probably why you've had such massive successes because you've always had the attitude of, "I don't know how to do it, but I'll figure out how to do it," right. Um, it reminds me very much self of, of Elon Musk, who was a self-made billionaire and he figured out a lot of shit that most people told him he couldn't do, right? right? And so um, so that's on the entrepreneurial side that I just wanted to ask. You know, one thing that I don't talk enough about on the podcast here is family. Let's face it, you know, you, family is, and just after following you on Instagram and, and kind of seeing a little bit about your world, you know, you're very blessed, but also let's face it. Family and entrepreneurship, how does that blend work? How, how have you, uh, how have you um, uh, made that work over the years? What are some tips that you can give?
2: That's a great question. You know, um, on our last hour to summit, um, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin O'Leary was asked that question by one of the members, and I didn't like his answer because okay. said Kevin said something like, well, you know, we're a different breed. If your partner is, it's not, uh, um, does not share your vision, then that's not the right partner. And I'm like, well, what if he's your wife? So sure. uh, you're just not going to dump your wife, right? So I haven't shared nice. this with a lot of people. I'm, um, this is kind of a, uh, the first time I shared my, my uh, uh, concern about that answer. So the way I look at life is y- you got to bring your, your partner along. With you, you, you got to tell her, you know, like for me, I would tell her how the business was doing, what I was doing, uh, the mm. challenges that I was having, the successes that I was having. So I felt like she was coming along with me through the journey and, and, and she would, you know, I, I didn't cry, but I mean, she would cry with me. She would rejoice with me and, and she was vested in, in, in the journey and, right. she chose, you know, she chose to stay home. Uh, with, with the kids, and she knew that I had to get out there and, and, and kill it, which brings me to um, a point that is kind of a sore thing for me. And I just realized this, and I hope I don't cry. No, I'm just kidding. Um, is, is that, You're fine. dude, I've been a hard ass for a long, long, long time.
1: Because mm-hmm.
2: in, a, in, a, in a world of, of sharks, I had to be a whale. And so I would bring that home. Yeah. Sometimes I was pretty harsh. I, I once told my wife, I said, Baby, how do you put up with me? And she goes, You know what? I understand what you're going through. And, and yeah. that's support. And she understood what I, what I was going through because, and respected that. And, and you know, she will tell the children, Well, daddy's kind of, you know, upset about this or whatever. Because I brought her along the way. You know what I'm saying? She's been my partner, my true partner. I yeah. never kept any the finances or anything away from her so to yeah. me bring him along the right and that's how you gonna be successful uh on the you know with with, with your spouse or yeah. partner whatever in, in the entrepreneurial journey but don't dump him. <laughs> if it's your girlfriend <laughs> you know if it's your girlfriend or whatever and he's he's giving you a hard time yeah right heck, man find, find the right person that is going to go on this journey with you but you know if it's yeah. your wife or whatever I advise some people to go to their wives and, and, and explain the business. Mm-hmm. A lot of them haven't even explained their business. Like I was talking to uh, a guy a couple of days ago that asked me this question. She was, how do, I, how do I bring her into the business? And I said, have you talked to her about the finances and the upside of the business? Yeah. And he goes, no. And I'm like, dude, get her excited about the upside of the business. Yeah. If you're going to yeah. bring in $700,000, Uh, uh, home let her know just so that she could sign up so I think it's a lack of communication that basically boils down to that so yeah yeah let's over communicate with your
1: spouse well you made you made a lot of great points and that's exactly why I wanted to ask you because you know being married 35 years you know is a long time and being an entrepreneur for the vast majority of your life right Um, that, that goes a lot to say about experience and experience matters in entrepreneurship because with experience, you help mitigate the mistakes and a lot of entrepreneurs will make them over and over and over and over and over again. And some will never fix them because statistically, if you look at how many entrepreneurs succeed in a 10 year period, it's actually devastating. It's like less than 5% of entrepreneurs actually make it. And that's because for a lot of reasons, you know, relationships are very important. And, and, you know, I'm married, and that's in part why I wanted to ask you this question, because I am facing similar challenges. I think a lot of listeners to this podcast are, are are facing similar challenges. Some are not as vocal about it, you know, and you made a very great point about communication, which I have found personally to be very beneficial. You know, you have to communicate, you have to you know uh, have confrontations you have to have the hard discussions you're gonna have fights at least that's that has been in my experience but you know the resilience and and the tenacity and the ability to withstand is what builds up that longevity and success at least from based on what you're telling is what my interpretation is is that you know you helped your spouse along the way you told her hey you know there's a light at the end of the tunnel but Let's face it. This isn't going to happen overnight. (laughs) You know, it's going to take some time.
2: You know, one of the uh, other mistakes that entrepreneurial people make uh, is that Mm -hmm. you don't talk, you don't treat your your spouse or 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 your partner the same way you treat your employees. Kind of a thing. The way, like for instance, I wouldn't talk to my wife any worse than I would talk to, or any better than that I would talk to an employee. For instance. People, they, they, they talk to the partners differently. And like, for instance, right. it, when there's conflict, you sandwich it, right? You start praising, hey, baby, I love you. Everything, you know, you're awesome. You're doing this great, right? And then you get into the problem, and then you close with something positive, which is, you know, the sandwich approach. And, and we don't do that sometimes with our wives because we're so yeah. intimate. It, it, the, the word, we take that for granted. And so we need to right. watch how we talk to them. That's really, yeah. really important.
1: So. That's an excellent point, and and you're absolutely right. You know, it kind of goes back to the communication. Absolutely right that you don't treat your spouse the same way you treat your employees. Um, so that, that was a little bit about family, and and I I really appreciate you you know elaborating upon that because that, that's really key. I mean, in fact. Uh, you know, family relationships is really key to entrepreneurship because, yes, we are a different type of breed, but, but just because we're a different type of breed doesn't mean that we have to create isolation around us, you know, and, and because I'm not going to be honest with you. When I, when I first got into the entrepreneurial journey, I was scared shitless because most of the entrepreneurs I would run across were divorced, unhappy, and get buried into their work. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, do you, like that gives you gratification like bearing yourself in work and how are you gonna share the happiness and and the successes? Who are you sharing it with, yourself? I mean, what's the fun in that? What's the fun in building business, you know, solving big problems and then reaping the rewards, but guess what? You have nobody to celebrate it with
2: yeah I call it collateral damage you know you your family becomes a collateral damage because you're going so fast and so hard that yeah. the the same you know your why was your family and then you end up losing it and like you said and, and they call themselves successful yeah. to me success it's it's a three legged stool it's got my family and my business in that particular order um because I can't, so when I'm going to put the business in front of my family, I would ask my wife. I said, baby, I got to go to this meeting, and I'm going to miss so-so's birthday or whatever occasion it is. And I would check with her first. And, you know, 10 times out of 10, she's like, fine, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll move it or whatever. Like, you know, I'm, I'm Mexican-American, and, you know, my daughter was going to celebrate her 15th birthday, and I wasn't going to be in town. And that's a big one for us. And, you know, so I talk to my wife and then I talk to my daughter and work it through. And again, you know, we, with all this children and all this stuff, everybody's different. And you talk to everybody differently because they all have different temperaments. But uh, communication, again, is the key. Uh, you know, I got teenagers, man. You know, I've yeah. seen a lot of people with teenagers and they, they struggle a lot. And we don't because yeah. we start talking to them early on and, and we establish the rules. and um and it works out uh, also sure. a- another thing i do is um like especially with the teenagers i try as many points of, of contact with them as possible so i it's like whale hunting you can't hunt the whale with just one harpoon so there's a bunch of people putting harpoons in the whale so that they right. keep can so the same thing with my children i try to connect in different ways like in sports so when things start a little rough between us, I go, hey, what about this? You know, how are you doing in school? How do you, you, you prepare your soccer game? Or how's this? Or what if? You know, and then I start talking about that point, and then we start connecting. And so the little issue that we had on the side, it diminishes by a lot. You know, right. The tension is not right. there anymore because we're talking about other things. Or, or what about music? Or what about this? Um, I would sit with them with my laptop when they're doing homework. And so I'm working with them, and and, yeah. and you know they're asking me questions, and a lot of the tension goes away because you, you you're working with them. So,
1: you know, I think that's an excellent point. And as a father of two, it really makes me think about you know the day that uh, you know I, I'll be in that situation because you know I'm I'm probably twenty thirty years behind you, right? In terms of, you know, I have a three and a half year old and a 17 month old, and but I'm seeing a lot of constants based on what you just mentioned that, um, and this is something that goes back to, you know, uh, your spouse also, as I said, what point do you disconnect, right? Because as entrepreneurs, we never disconnect, you know, uh, or it never seems like it. So how do you, you know, allocate enough attention to family and kids without them, you know, feel, feeling isolated or uh, uh, not acknowledged, right? And so I think one thing that you said that was really key is compassion, connecting with them on uh, different ways, through different ways, being empathetic also about what they're doing. Um, and I think that's really key, not just only I think with, with kids and family, but it's also in business, right? In entrepreneurship is when you're solving problems, you know, you're, you're empathetic about people, right? And you're, you're really trying to get to know people and what their problems are. And going back to your earlier point is, you know, solve the bigger problems, right? Because that is ultimately where you get the bigger payoff. And, you know, I would love to hear your thoughts actually on that kind of steering a little bit away from it is, so in solving bigger problems, is that, is that always the case, though? Like, if you're chasing, you know 500 pound gorilla right it's a big problem I and mean, you're trying to cage the gorilla right because he got out of the zoo or whatever you know for per, the poorest of analogies um is that always is there always a payoff or are you are you doing it for the right reasons i mean how would you approach that situation
2: um uh, i'm not sure i follow the question so
1: so My question was basically okay you know you have so with your current business you know that Mm -hmm. you know you were talking about that uh people might eat right they might exercise but they're not putting the right shit on their skin right so you know that's a problem right how did you what kind of what kind of a basis was that your sole basis on building the company starting the company was to solve that problem
2: um okay um so uh Two thousand and seven I lost my uh a uh, son to cancer he had brain cancer mm-hmm. so he he just turned seven he october uh twenty nine uh two thousand six he just turned seven and he he passed january one and when he got diagnosed, we went all natural on everything um because we as we i started reading a lot about issues with um um, you know, um, body products with the stuff that we're eating, canned goods. You know what the microwave does to your food and all sorts of things. And we started going like all natural and a lot of things. Throw away the microwave. Got rid of pop. I mean, we don't need like potato chips or anything like that. You know, once in a while on a weekend, you know, that we'll have that. But you know, no more you know candies every day for the kids or things like that. So it, it's something that that I thought about it back then and and. And I just didn't have the opportunity to launch the business because my other two, three businesses were were taking off. And now that I have the time, I really want to go back and address that. Um, Okay. And, you know, the the skin is the largest organ in your body, and the absorption rate of your skin is almost – sometimes is greater than if you ingest. And so here we are, you know, putting body creams or or, um, using – Soap with very harmful harmful chemicals and your skin is absorbing that and on all of a sudden somebody goes well i don't know why you develop cancer i don't know why he developed this or that or whatever a lot of the stuff is yeah. in the stuff that you eat in what you put on your skin basically that's it boils yeah. down to that so i'm passionate i want to help people i don't want him to go to what what i want with my son so yeah. that's important to me you know a lot of a lot of women with breast cancer uh, um, sure. you know, the, the deodorants cause sure. a lot of problems because they have a lot of chemicals you ever look at the woman's deodorant or a man's even um, they, they fold the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, um, the wrapping and then you pull that thing out and it's like this long and it's got all these chemicals and you put them in, in the glands <laughs> and you know people just don't realize that that you know we're killing yeah. ourselves and so that's a big problem and you know I'm going to be going against mm-hmm big monsters of in the industry or whatever, but it doesn't matter to me. To me, it's one person at a time.
1: Miguel, that's exactly the answer that I actually was looking for is that, and let me explain. I think a lot of entrepreneurs get into big problem solving because they're simply chasing the, the monetary outcome, right? You know, big problem, solution. It might not be the best solution, but if it's a solution, it's gonna have a big payoff. Now what I heard you say is that you are doing it for the right reasons. You're doing for reasons to actually solve problems. And by the way, this is what disruptors and true leaders and innovators do exactly what you're doing is they're tackling a problem because it's for the betterment of humanity. It's not to, to build a company, to, 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 you know, become six, seven, eight figure business. Right. And be a conglomerate like some of these, companies that, like you said, you know, produce these products that are full of chem- chemicals. And people don't realize, including myself, including myself because I'm an Eastern European, the kind of shit that I've put into my body in my early age, can't even begin to fucking tell you. You know, everything from smoking menthols in my early days, which is just even worse for you, <laughs> to uh, drinking alcohol, to all kinds of bullshit. And I think for the most part was Lack of education, awareness, um, and perception from the marketplace. And I think it was designed that way because as a consumer, I was. That's why you see all these youngins, they're doing shit that in the 30s and 40s and 50s, they realize, oh fuck, I shouldn't have been doing half that shit <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: had I known differently, right? And So that was, you know, kind of going back to what you said, I was questioning the reason because uh, I knew without a doubt that you were looking to solve a real problem here uh, that has been, and I think that you're disrupting an entire industry ultimately, and that's the beauty of it. You know, that's the beauty of it is that you're putting righteousness um, into an industry um, with products that are aimed for the betterment of people it's just a matter of time before it actually takes off because all it takes is one and that's you to make that change all it takes is one person to make a a global change right? right um so that was really cool for you to elaborate i'm really excited actually to see what you do with natural choice and where you go with it um mainly because uh personally for me and family also i'm really interested because that's one thing going back to family is this that even though I feel like there's enough communication, there's never truly enough communication with my spouse on the shit that I'm doing because, uh, you know, she's not as involved as I am in the day to day operations. Right. Mm -hmm. As you know, you're going from, you know, doing product to communication, to finances, to all kinds of shit, to selling building relationships, everything. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, I'm really, really excited about that. And uh, I didn't want to take up too much of your time. You know, I think we touched upon, upon a lot of the points. I was really curious in, uh, in, in hearing about, I'm, again, excited about your new venture um, and see where, where that goes. Um, the one thing that I did want to ask you, though, in closing, uh, is what is your thought on a work-life balance?
2: On a work-life balance. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me... The balance, I mean, I had to work my butt off, man. Uh, um, like when when I had four children, when I was back in Chicago, I've always had a part-time job because I, I had to make ends meet. I mean, so during the day, I was a, a programmer analyst, you know, doing RPG to right. IBM machines, wearing a suit. And then in the evening, I'm cleaning shit out of toilets in this factory. I was running a, a cleaning company for a guy. And my wife always knew what i was doing and what i was doing and i would tell her like this this factory bathrooms are gross and and i would go honey you just i'm doing this for the family and so i would come home and i always make sure that we have a conversation so um one of the the reasons why i did not start 75 hard the first time around was because every night when we put the children to sleep the little ones especially the twins they have down syndrome There's nothing down about that, man. They are on fire all day long. (laughs) And and, you know, we about eight o'clock we settle down, get a glass of wine and have a conversation. Hey, how was your day? Now it's calm and and quiet, so we can have this conversation. And I didn't want to keep up my wine in that time with my wife. Yeah. So um I've always talked to my wife about my day and her day and I try to have that time regardless of what time I come home. I used to come home. Sure. Now it's different. But um, always keep her informed of what's going on and, and, and really, like you say, being empathetic with her situation because she's at home with a bunch of little ones and she has, she's not talking to adults.
0: And
1: yeah. so
2: I need to come in and I'm a very uh, impatient person and it's really hard <laughs> for me to sit down and listen to... She, she likes long stories. I yep. love you, baby. Yep. <laughs> she like, And I like him. Okay, what's the point? What's the point? In the beginning, I was yeah. like, that, man, I was like, what's the point? And she would get hurt. And then I, I realized that her temperament is she wants to tell the whole story. Right. So I, just, I just learned how to shit the hell up and let her tell the story she, the way she <laughs> wanted to while I drank wine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. is awesome.
2: Yeah, man. And so... Um, that's that's basically how I've done it. I mean, I I, I really want to be in their lives. It's like with our children, with so many children, how do you how do you give everybody time? Yeah. So you know, you go shop. You know, you go do something. Uh, you, you, somebody forgot something, uh, and you got to go to the store to get it. I, w- I would take one of my kids with me, and in the, the drive, I'll sure. talk to them. Hey, how, sure. how's school? How's it going? How you doing? Yeah. Uh, I have a. A nine-year-old boy and um, I had a conversation the other day. We went to Topeka. It's thirty miles from the house, and I'm like, Hey, how you doing? We're fine, and I said, it's how school. Fine. I said, Is anybody bullying you? Anything going on like that? And yeah, you know, just having those real conversations with them, mm-hmm. and um, and that brings us a lot closer. You know, they 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 know that I care and that, that I understand. And if they do have the, uh, an issue, uh, we'll provide the the solution. So um, you just take. Whatever time you can, and make it count. Let's just put it that way. Whatever time you can, and make it count.
1: Yeah, that's that's a really good uh, insight right there. And I specifically asked that question because uh, I wanted to get your take on it specifically. I mean, you you know um, you've been very blessed with a lot of kids. You've been blessed with uh, a long marriage and let's face it in the U S 60% of people are divorced. So that's, that's a lot. Right. Yeah. Um, and then you've been blessed to be successful in business, you know, so you have multiple talents, not skills, multiple talents that you're natural. in, and that's something that personally I have huge respect for in people is that skill is one thing but true talent always trumps skill. You know, to really have it in in your heart to do things for the right reasons with not looking at it from a monetary standpoint, especially in entrepreneurship where most entrepreneurs nowadays think that oh, I'm going to build the best product or have the best service, right? Or, I'm going to be the next Bill Gates or the next Steve Jobs or or this and that. And it's like, uh, no, you're not going to be. I hate to tell you that. And that's just the reality of it, right? Because you got to have a strong sense of resilience. You got to have a strong sense of compassion. You got to have a strong drive. You've got to be, uh, well, very resilient, because let's, let's face it, you know this probably better than probably anybody that I've interviewed in the 60 episodes of this podcast, that it just takes a lot of fucking balls, literally. And that's, that's just it. So I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, really, really enjoyed this conversation. Um, and I look forward to seeing you where you go from
2: here. Yeah, brother. Thank you for uh, having me. It's, it's a pleasure um, getting to know you better, and and I'm pretty excited about you coming into the artist and, uh, the artist syndicate and uh, being part of the family. And whatever I can do for you, I'm here. So I know you're following me on Instagram, and um, absolutely. And I'm following you too, and that's how we support each other. And I really look forward to having more conversations because there's a lot of stuff that we need to talk about.
0: I hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Miguel Garcia, a.k.a. The Godfather, as many people actually call him, inside the Arte group, community, uh, simply because he's such a seasoned veteran in just about everything. I mean, you know, um, Miguel has 13 children, married for 35 years, uh, six businesses, seventh one that he's working on, exited three. You know, this is someone that has definitely seen some fucking shit, and this is exactly why I brought him on the podcast, and in fact... After we recorded this uh, guest session, we had such an amazing conversation, which was completely freestyled, that we talked about doing a part two. So you gotta tune into part two of this, because I can guarantee you that's gonna be an absolute fucking doozy. And if you enjoyed part one, then you most definitely want to stick around for part two. Look, guys and gals, I have one favor to ask from you. If you feel that I've given you some value in this podcast, some perspective, helped you make a change in your personal life or business, I would greatly appreciate it if you share this podcast with someone else. I'm not selling you anything or forcing you to buy shit you don't want. I'm simply asking you to share this podcast with other entrepreneurs or anyone who wants to make a change in their life. And business, If you enjoyed the podcast and you keep coming back, it would also mean the world to me if you shared a review on iTunes. It will help others, other like-minded folks, know about the nature of content and value that I share on this podcast. and Give them a reason to listen. And last but not least, if you are interested in sponsoring the podcast, please email me at Ivan at RazorSharpDigital.com. Or you can find me on Messenger, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn. And that's a wrap for episode 17. Until next time.